Eventually we will be fish people and I will be dead and it'll be great. <laughs> okay, all right. We're going in <laughs> strong and on a positive note. about spooky stuff as we do yeah this time water murder spooky stuff water murder spooky stuff (laughs) my mic fell um yeah we're the media analysis podcast from a horror lens where we discuss the real life horrors that influence our cinematic ones and this month we're talking about ecological natural disasters that are inevitable they will happen. They do happen quite often. And there's nothing we can do about it, really. Yep. Like, besides hunker down, maybe don't live there, uh, you know, count your blessings that it hasn't happened to you yet kind it's of This is kind of like one of those, uh, there's so many ways we can die that, like, some of them, you know, it's just out of our control. Yeah, you know, we just got to let it rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Y- y- there's nothing you can do. You might as well live in that beautiful coastal town in Norway. Yeah. Like, you know? For a while, you, I was like, why do people live near volcanoes if the risk of volcano is a thing? And then I was like, but it really does enrich the soil. So, you know, live a good life. Enjoy volcano land. It's a cool, like, scenery. You know, you only live once. Yeah. Most of the time, it isn't <laughs> erupted as well yeah like, so it's just like nice. you know it's just the like, good, good bulk of the time is free from lava such directions. nice lava mountain beautiful that's just how this it is, is chilling. i actually in a college took uh, a class called Giollywood, where we talked about uh like what really happens in natural disasters and then oh, watch okay. films to talk about like did this do it justice? Is this accurate at all in its representation of what a natural disaster does uh, and how people react? And I remember we watched Dante's Peak about volcanoes and it was very much like, no, <laughs> this is all inaccurate. It's just fun. Um, we're not going to cover volcanoes, but Dante's Peak is a good watch just for like giggles and fun. Um, <laughs> mostly because there's not a lot of good, there aren't any good volcano films. Um, there's like Pompeii with I think Jon Snow in there and then and then Dante's Peak. Uh, but what I really liked about it was like that kind of comparison to like real life and how it's being viewed. And was that class is actually one of the reasons uh, like behind inspiring this podcast overall. The other yeah. was my like apocalypse in the media class, um, which uh, really inspired this because that was my original intention was just to talk about yeah. apocalypses and <laughs> just like what are the, what's the deal with those and then we broadened it to uh, do more. But I mean, this these these are apocalypses to some degree in that they do mm-hmm. change um, drastically the environments. Um, we just haven't had as drastic of uh those uh effects in a long long time uh which only means that we're probably overdue for some things yeah and also like we are 
personally situated on the east coast of the United States that is not on any of the tectonic plates, really, for real, for real, like in terms of like immediately on the ring of fire or any of that. So like we're pretty much chilling as long as we don't leave here. <laughs> if we go yeah. other places, then other things can happen. Uh, but like where we are personally, it's not something we have to actively fear, despite the fact that I do actively fear it irrationally, even though I don't have to. Yeah, even though it's not here. Well, I mean, you watch the day after tomorrow or whatever, like a million times. I literally, okay, Teenage Me was like, this film is amazing. It was my favorite (laughs) film for a while. I was like, this is cinematic gold. Like, I was like, this is it. This is the film. It highlights everything I am terrified of perfectly. (laughs) So best film ever. And also, like, I was weird and I was like, Jake Gyllenhaal is cool. He's kind of funny looking. I enjoy his that teenage me <laughs> jake Gyllenhaal is is uh is pretty cool and funny looking um i agree yeah. <laughs> at, the, in the, at that time he was pretty popular and the thing is yeah. em, it's emmy rosam isn't it uh shameless i think so uh, yes yes i yes. think so that sounds um, accurate the to love me. interest she was in a lot of things and people didn't realize um yeah that's a good one that one just makes me think of like my very real real fear of um Yellowstone National Park. Yes. Uh, that, uh, like, if it erupts and it, like, all of the smoke will cover the sky and bring about an ice age because it's so large. So if it does it, that's it. That's a new fear. <laughs> yeah. That's a new that's fear good. for me. That's Thank good. you. That's a thing that's not directly here, but would affect us. And yes. I mean, the day after tomorrow showed us, like, you, you mess things up somewhere. You know, climate change. is not safe. It's not safe. Yeah. I mean, sea levels are rising. Eventually, we will be fish people. And I will be dead. And it'll be great. (laughs) Okay. All right. We're going (laughs) strong and on a positive note. (laughs) I just, I don't at any point. I'd rather be a robot before I was a fish person. I don't want to know what's down there. And I just, disclaimer for everybody. Just want you to know. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to be a person. I'll remember that next time we do Call of Cthulhu campaigns. Yep. To keep you out of those towns of the I fish people. I just don't want water. I just don't want it. <laughs> okay, well, we're talking about um, a film today that is great. Um, they're fine. It was fun. It was a <laughs> it's fun, fine. fun uh, giant water time. It was like a cat uh, suggested it. Um, it's called The Wave. And when I hear The Wave, I think of the film that's based off of the real life event where the teacher like convinced her student or their students to um, essentially become Nazis, like as a social experiment. You okay. It's like The Wave because no, like, that's what they did. Because it was like a bunch of kids were like, how could anyone, you know, sympathize with Nazis back then? I don't get it. And she's they were like, well, and then they instituted all these like rules and stuff. And it was pretty much like, here's how you manipulate people. So that's what I think of when I think of the wave. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this is not that. This is not that. Yes. Uh, we also considered when we first pitched this, The Impossible, which is a notoriously well-known tsunami film. Um, but we're not going to cover that. I will talk about it. But that's not what this is about. <laughs> so let's be prepared. Um, so this film... A freak tsunami traps a group of people in a submerged grocery store. As they try to escape, they are hunted by white sharks that are hungry for meat. 
I'm kidding. That's, That's not what it is. That's Bait 3D, <laughs> which is a cool. fun, you know, tsunami movie where there's sharks. And I thought that'd be good for Kat. Because Thank I you. know how much she loves sharks being around I, her. I do love sharks. So great. <laughs> it's, I think it's pretty ironic that they're in like a grocery store. Because it's like they're probably like shopping for their own meat. And then they're there's gonna come a shark dinner. here. And the they're shark is like. They're now. <laughs> yeah. And the shark's like, your food. That's what you are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so education for everyone. Uh, but the real synopsis for The Wave uh, is, although anticipated, no one is really ready when the mountain pass above the scenic narrow Norwegian fjord uh, Geringer collapses and creates an 85 meter high violent tsunami. A geologist is one of those caught in the middle of it. And it's directed by Rue Gutag. I'm going to say that that is it. I looked up how to pronounce it, and the only pronunciation available was from someone who wasn't English. So it was like there was an accent on it, too, and it was hard. Um, so hopefully it works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this film is a slow burn. We definitely get that classic, like, geologist tries to convince the higher-ups of an impending natural disaster, and they're just dismissed. It's yeah. Like a fear-mongering. Hush. Pandemic. Zombies. We're familiar with, you know, under uh, reacting to really terrifying things that are happening. Just a government, like, dropping the ball. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just the government being like, shh. It's not a big deal. What? Shh. Who cares if thousands die? It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, a, but, like, it's a think necessary. About panic, you know? We don't want to cause yeah. panic. And so that people react in, you know, a good way and appropriately and then get out. <laughs> we don't want that. You know, we, no. want, we want to wait till it's the absolute last minute and it's too late. Yeah. I would like to think that in an alternate universe where a tsunami film was made, uh, but that like they knew that there would be like the wave deniers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, that's kind long of like enough what they are. Of time. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Even though they're geologists. It's like big, big geology. <laughs> We're like, no. Uh, I do like that they actually named the science science classification. It's not just like science is happening. The scientists yeah. say that the wave is going to happen. It's like geologists, because that's who yeah, would do people that. people who study the ground. <laughs> this <laughs> is groundbreaking for science. Gr groundbreaking? You see what I did? Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, this story follows Christian, who is that geologist whose father, who's about to sell out to big oil, so he has to leave this little quaint, picturesque Geiringer. Yeah, God didn't like works. that. He was like, don't go there. Oil is bad. And if this is not a sign that you are necessary in this town, well, I don't know what it is. Because clearly yeah. these guys don't know. <laughs> yeah it's definitely like uh it, he he's been telling people it was gonna happen and so like he's kind of like leaving like he's backing up and he's just like all right i'm about to go so if like there's a wave you know now would be a good time when someone's here who could who knows about it i'm gonna okay i'm leaving le you sure okay and then the wave's like oh <laughs> yes 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 okay. yeah i got you i got you guy. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, the the bulk of the film, the majority of the film, is following Christian as he's he is incredibly uneasy. And maybe it's because he's leaving and he's like, I know that this is impending and no one will listen to me. But he, despite gathering evidence, uh, is just not confident enough in himself to really push that hard. And so every time yeah. he gets kind of like lightly pushed down, uh, <laughs> he's like, they're like, no. And the film actually starts with footage and information about um, a tsunami that happens in this area in the past for the same things that are happening now. So this isn't like he's just pulling it out of air, like theoretically. He's like, yeah, according to history, this is what happened before. This is what we have to look out for. And now it's happening. Um, and one of the things I remember from G- my Jollywood class was that it was essentially that the farther away in time you are from one natural disaster, the closer you are to it happening again. So like a volcanic yeah. volcano erupts so many years ago, like, as time goes on, you are now closer to it erupting again. Yeah. Like it's that makes not... sense. So cyclical. It, yeah. So it does make me think of the question that Kat brought up last episode, which is why does anyone live in a town or a place where there's danger like this? But honestly, there's risk everywhere. And Garanger yeah. is really pretty and quaint and cute and nice. And I totally get the appeal and director Rug Utag uh, works really hard to show us how beautiful the town is, like with yeah. the cinematics of it. Um, Kat, you pointed out that it was very blue. Uh, yeah. They're super vibrant and they like muted the red so that the blue would pop even more. And they just like, there's so many like aerial shots and just like, look how beautiful and natural <laughs> this area is like why wouldn't you want to live here um yeah. and you can tell christian's definitely like he, he has to do it because of money like you know uh but it's hard to leave the place that you've called home for so long and yeah you're you know bratty teenager who doesn't want to leave um <laughs> we do have this absurd scene where christian is supposed to be leaving with his family, besides his wife, who's finishing up her last shift, to bring their stuff to their new home. And he just turns around and decides he's going to go on a spelunking excursion, uh, including taking a helicopter to go find these severed cords. Uh, and he just leaves his kids in the car. He's like... For hours. <laughs> for hours. Like, he, like, at first it was like, oh, he's just, like, going to stop in and tell them, like, I'd have a bad feeling about this. But then it cuts yeah. to a helicopter shot. And I was like, the kids are still in the car. Like, yeah, like, he like just illegal. full <laughs> left them. Like, the mom has every right to be, like, big mad. I, <laughs> you yeah. left your kid, like, almost left your kids on, like, the side of a bridge, like, right before you're supposed to get on the ferry. Like, just totally was just like, wait here for a minute. And then, like went out for cigarettes and never came back. Like, that is, like, the... It was such a long time. Yeah. That like, his yeah, kids could have been like, where did dad go? Is he just gone now? <laughs> There's no scene either with that communication. Like, it definitely feels weird. And he, like, takes... He takes a helicopter, he goes to the place, he finds these severed cords, which prove something scientifically, and seem like they're going to be, like, a big deal. Like, it seems like a big reveal that he would, like, come all this way for and he's like so motivated that he's like neglecting his children and his move uh and he's like totally just like brushed away it seems really lackluster and like his is like trying to drive for it and everyone's just like yeah no <laughs> like we're not gonna we're not gonna push the button like 
Yeah, like, I get calm that down. you're pulling from history, but yeah. And Christian is just like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Despite all this evidence and the fact that we should err on the side of caution, I'll just keep my family in this ticking time bomb town that I'm pretty sure is going <laughs> to blow uh, while I just wow- wallow in my sadness uh, about how I'm, you know, not taken seriously at work and just live in this impending danger. Seven, yeah, I, I did think it was strange that they stayed at the house and didn't just like, I guess because it was the last ferry of the day. Is that what it was? Because I was yeah. like, why would you stay here another night? Like, if you have this feeling and access to a helicopter, why is staying what you're going to do? I, I yeah. thought that was strange. Especially if you're so convinced that this is going to happen to people. I guess it is kind of like less selfish for him to stay, though, than to be like, bye. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. a bad feeling. Y'all are going to die. I'm going to go, though. So I guess it yeah. was good, like, he stayed in that regard. That was, like, altruistic of him. It's mm-hmm. my new favorite word. But he really just, like, kind of walls in sadness and doesn't really do anything, even though, like, people, like, so many people's lives are at risk. Like, he does try, and he just keeps getting dismissed because the higher-ups are like, we don't want to cause panic, and you can't just say that, and they're like, oh, it is. And those people get what they deserve later. Um, the tsunami does happen, and it's really short and intense. Like, it, it's pretty beautiful imagery. Like, that wave crashing is really, like, awe-inspiring. No, and terrified. It's, it's but savage yes, and brutal. And it happens really fast. So it's not like a classic disaster film where they really exploit the damage that's done, and it draws out, like look at all the things, all the destruction and everything's falling apart. Like, we don't get that. Um, Instead, we're actually experiencing the bulk of the the tsunami while we're trapped in a car with Christian. And so it's really suffocating and, like, just violent. It's just, like, like you're getting bashed around. But you don't get to see the bigger picture of what's happening. Like, we get a very intimate, tiny experience of it, which I thought was really interesting because, like, you know, you're thinking the big things. Because when I was, like, thinking of the film, I was expe- I was expecting that, like, scene where the water recedes and it, like, pulls back, which is, like, to me, the scariest part of the tsunami. Because it's, like, you have, like, seconds, maybe, like, a few minutes tops to then yeah. react. Like, if you see the water pulling back, like, because it's taken all the water it can so it can push it back onto you, like, you have to, like, go. Like, you got to run. You got to find the tallest thing to be on. Like, <laughs> you got to get to high ground, yeah. you know? And that, to me, is really scary. And that was what attracted me to the film The Impossible because, like, those scenes that they show, I was like, that's horrifying, right? Yeah. But it is a little bit, like, gratuitous because this is a real thing that happens to people. And I, I did enjoy that. It, we didn't spend a lot of time in it because it is a short thing. It's a thing that happens. It's really quick. And then we're like, yeah, like what? the shock <laughs> and devastation is what is the long part of it, not the wave itself. Yeah. It's like, what happens next? Like, what do we do now? Um, and why? <laughs> I think the, the rest of the film is a search and rescue film. Uh, there's lots of miscommunication, characters doing things other than what they said they were going to do or being somewhere other than they said they were going to be. And also murder. There's murder. Yeah. Murder afoot uh, in this film. Uh, <laughs> so as we're going to do in this series, I'm going to ask the question, does it accurately represent the horrors of a natural disaster? And in this helpful article on the Washington Post titled, uh, Tsunami Destroys a Norwegian Town in the Wave by Stephanie Mary. We get a rather direct answer that says fact. 
An eroding mountain in the Norwegian town of Geringer uh, may one day collapse into the fjord below prompting a tsunami that would wipe out the village. What exactly would it look like? Um, so, yes, to say the least. Um, it is very likely to happen. It, the, all the points, uh, all the signs point to yes. Um, I think given the, the fact that we experienced the bulk of the wave inside the car, I can't really speak to the accuracy of the event. Um, but I think the lead up to it, including the evidence that Christian presents while he's trying to convince the other, the higher ups of the impending danger, seems to check out. Cat uh, found an article on Variety that honestly feels like we wrote it just the way that it, it <laughs> kind of goes. Um, it is, you know, titled Film Review of the Wave, which is a Norwegian disaster movie uh, by Peter de Bruch. And they explain that... Uh, uh, with the wave, awesomely named Norwegian Helmer, Rorg Utag has made an equally impressive tsunami peril thriller, a thunderous rumble rumble hustle hustle glove glove nerve wracker that hits all the same beats <laughs> as its Hollywood equivalents, right down to the impossible group hug at the end, um, which is entertaining. But they also go on to say... Whereas most nature's angry movies exploit relatively far-fetched fears, Sharknado anyone, the wave anticipates a dauntingly plausible disaster scenario. According to Utag, with 300 unstable mountainsides in Norway, sooner or later his countrymen will have to contend with the sort of massive landslide and subsequent 250-foot tidal wave he was enthusiastically uh, imagines crashing down into the fjord, sending a wall of water towards the sleeping Taurus hamlet of Gerengar, uh, which is terrifying. 250-foot yeah. tidal wave imminent upon his peoples. Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's oof. Yeah. Big, big fear. Oof. Big oof. Yeah. And it, I mean if we do see that a little bit, um, and you see it in like the 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 beginning too when you talk about the past, but it's really yeah. more about like what we're doing when we're doing it. And so the other part of this series that we're asking is what is this film trying to teach us about humanity? Because that's what we do. On the goals is to talk about humanity. Um, and so, like I mentioned, most disaster movies focus on destruction, uh, where they are painting the disaster itself as the ultimate villain that's just tearing through human-made structures and dismantling our carefully crafted society. Like, it's nothing. Just like, oh, yeah. you thought, <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> and the disasters serve really to reduce society to rubble and kind of put us down to this bare uh, base human reactions of survival. So we ask ourselves, like, do we help our fellow humans when we're put up against that thing? Do we run and save ourselves? I had intended to cover Force Majeure from, uh, for our Avalanche episode. We're not. We'll probably talk about it a little bit. But specifically because that one focuses less on the... the um, the natural disaster and more of what happens afterwards and how people react to a natural disaster and then how people react to you reacting yeah. that way because <laughs> it's a, a father who just abandons his family and they're like what <laughs> like how <laughs> dare um and so just like in that film this film is just really quick so um because most of the film is spent in the before and then, you know, we get some savage and desperate scenarios in in the end uh, in the search yeah. and rescue, again, the murder, right? Straight up murder that happens. Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of people who, uh, we see people lose people that they love. 
We see people think that they lost people they love. We see people murder for the people that they love. Um, but it really does happen quite late in the film, those kind of crazy yeah. acts, because the whole beginning is like, science is real, and people being like, but it's like <laughs> not that real, you know? Like, And then it is real, and then people are like, ah! Um, <laughs> so I feel like we spend a lot of time in the before, which made the end feel a little less... Like, me a little less attached to it. Okay. Um, when I first pitched uh, the series, uh, like I said, I had the idea to cover The Impossible, which is a film about a vacationing family that experiences a tsunami in Thailand. Um, I mostly wanted to cover it because of that imagery that's so striking because it, like, it's terrifying. Like, I look yeah. at those trailers and I'm like, this is awful. This is really scary to me. <laughs> Just like Poseidon, like, I am afraid yeah. of the big wave. Um, but we quickly decided against it because it features at its focal point a white family who is visiting Thailand and then they struggle to survive the aftermath. Um, and it is based on a true story. And there have been many articles and discussions defending the casting and the point of view choice and I totally get it um but it just didn't sit right with me to have that be like our focus um yeah uh Kat found an article on Screen Rant uh titled The Impossible True Story How Accurate the Tsunami Movie Is and they have quite a few um instances about how people were reacting to the whitewashing of the cast. So um, a two, January 2013 article in The Guardian states that the impossible concentrates not on, on the plight of the indigenous victims, but on the less harrowing experiences of the privileged white visitors. One month prior, two Slate journalists debated whether or not the impossible is reprehensible. And before the impossible even released, Film School Rejects commented on the white wealth of the trailer. Um, later in this article, it says the whitewashing accusations are certainly valid but the cast itself isn't exclusively white, but rather comprised of various Thai individuals. In December 2012, McGregor, Owen McGregor, who plays the dad in it, uh, addressed the whitewashing controversy and summed up the spirit of the film, saying, Naomi's character is saved by a Thai man and taken to safety in a Thai village where the Thai women dress her. In the hospital, there are all Thai nurses and Thai doctors who see nothing but Thai people saving lives and helping. And I totally get that. Um, <laughs> and I have words to say. Uh, there's also been... Um, uh, there we go. <laughs> the... Uh, uh, Impossible has also been publicly praised by several survivors, um, a testament to Maria's, who's the actual survivor, um, who was uh, a part of the creation process. She selected Naomi Watts as her as the actress for her character. Um, and in 2013, Simon Jenkins stated in The Guardian that he was frustrated by accusations of whitewashing, most notably the suggestion that the film was centered on privileged white visitors. According to Jenkins, The Impossible mirrors his own experiences in Thailand, saying, both for my then 16-year-old self and the Bailon family, it was the Thai people who waded through the settled water after the first wave had struck to help individuals and families. The Thai people had just lost everything, homes, businesses, families, yet their instinct was to help the tourists. Which is all good and well. Um, it's, to me, not, like, that's the bare minimum to include 
uh, excessive amount of Thai people in a film that takes place in Thailand. So I'm not going to give you credit for that and to show them as having different occupations and just being decent human beings. Because again, it takes place in Thailand. That's what you're going to get. But to me, it it felt like the film studio thought that people wouldn't be interested in this film unless it took place from an outsider's perspective. Um, And to me, it's like, why do we need to see the humanity in people by showing how they treat outsiders instead of showing how they treat their own? Like, that's where I see that. Like, I get it. Like, they're helping tourists or whatever. But that's like, again, a basic normal thing. Like, I don't understand why you have to go and put people on a pedestal when it's just like they could be this is what they're doing. <laughs> like that's not. Yeah. That's just a normal thing, right? Um, you're not actually saying anything with that, and like there is depth added to it, showing the point of view of like a native person experiencing that, like we get in Japan sinks, right? Like we see people who are struggling to survive, who love each other, who know and are connected not only to the people, but to the environment and the infrastructure, like everything here is them, right? And to see them coping with the loss of everyone and everything and persevering is so much stronger than a tourist coming through. Because what like, how can the tourists have the same experience in that event? Like besides the bare minimum of like, I want to survive and protect my family. They don't have well, yeah, the they same. They get to go home. Yeah. At the end of the day, they get to go home. What did they lose? Their bags in the luxurious hotel that they were staying in, the resort, like, oh, you lost your floaties. Like these are people who are losing their entire livelihoods and people like their entire families are lost to this. So it, to me, it's like there, it really pales in comparison. Like I feel like, if that is the argument is like, oh, this is going to sell because it's Ewan McGregor and Naomi Watts, who I enjoy both of them as actors. I really do. I just feel like the intention to choose that story, even like to say that there during that same tsunami, there weren't any Thai stories that we could have told. Why did we highlight this Taurus family to begin with? Like, I just don't see that. And I, I really find the the arguments against it, it's not even the whitewashing. It really is at the core of it that we see value in this, like, outsider perspective instead of the fact that people were, like, losing everything that they knew and love. And that's why I valued the wave because, like, He's on his way out of this town, but it means so much to him. Like, he is interacting with his neighbors. And he's, like, sacrificing, or not sacrificing, but, like, risking his life to save his neighbors. That means that they're not a stranger. And then later, (laughs) like, there are strangers and stuff. But it's, like, what we're we're doing as people. And when you're, you're at risk of losing everything that you know and love is so much more different than just like trying to survive at the end of the day. Even like even is different from force majeure because they they're just at a ski resort, <laughs> you know, like he yeah. left them and that's like, that's a problem. Right. Uh, but it's not like, you know, we're losing, it's not Japan sinks. Yeah. I mean, it's like at the end of the day, they still have a house that they could go back to that wasn't destroyed. Like it, it is, I think I agree that like focusing on the outsider's perspective, I, I feel like that's maybe like their attempt at trying to build empathy, like be like, oh, they helped these people who are not from there. So they're great. Like, they, thank God that they are there to help. Like, of that's course. like, this, yeah, like it was like basically making it like, seem like their surprised? value is decided by the fact that they're willing to help people in this situation yeah. when it's like that shouldn't be the 
invoker, only invoker of empathy and sympathy for the yeah. situation that the but fact it's also that they like, feel willing why, to help people. Like, why are you so surprised that that happened? Mm. Right? Yeah. Like, why? Why? That's real. What do you think of, of, of these people that that's surprising to you? Like, of course they do that. Of course they're, like, taking care of just people. They didn't, like, are you kidding me? Like, this is just procedure. Because this is something they have to live with every day. And like you said, at the end of the day, this tourist family can go home. Like, yeah, they yeah. lost some items. They get to go home with their family. And the Thai people have to live. The, they don't have that home. They cannot leave. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that was my sad. part. Uh, I, th- I do that's think the wa- wave is... It it was interesting. I don't know if I would have watched it if it weren't for this series. Um, but I d- what I did enjoy was that it wasn't this like gratuitous, like the wave is the monster um, because it's it's not. And and I think people had really honest, normal reactions like when it happens, like how people were like reacting to it, and and you know it's it's pretty jarring some of the deaths that happened too, because it's like you know, that there's a certain thing about deaths where it's like unavoidable and um, done by nature that just like are really uncomfortable compared to like somebody murders, you know? Yeah. Um, And I also just really, I thought like the way that they portrayed outsiders in the wave was very telling to, I guess, like the two perspectives of how people might react. Cause you had the one lady who does not know the mom personally and was like getting on the thing but like was like mm-hmm. we have to help her find her son and then her husband being like no we don't get yeah. on the bus like no we don't <laughs> um and you kind of yeah. see like his darkness later but it was like very much i think like uh getting to see like kind of both ways that people from different places can react in a positive way but also like the grossest most negative way that was like Ugh. You're going to yeah. try to drown this child. <laughs> Chill, man. Yeah, dude, what? And that's like, I, that's it. Like panic and fear. Like it, you know, doesn't. And that's what I appreciated about the film, too. It's like we got to see just human reactions um, instead of it just being like a in disaster films where we're just kind of moving forward and we're just run, run, run from the thing. This was like it happened. And now we're like picking up pieces and reacting. Yeah. Instead of run, run, run. Yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, and it was, I remember at the very end, I got like really sad because the one, their best friend group, like their friend group from the island, uh, or it's not island, inland cove or whatever it is, uh, lost his wife. And mm-hmm. he has like, if the main character did not have like plot armor, like his wife would have been dead too. And like, that was yeah. just, I was just like, so sad to see, like, obviously he's happy that his wife is okay. Like his friend's wife is okay. But to have just lost his like wife and mother of his child. And then like, yeah. be like. And you were and with now, her. Yeah. You, you know? know, like, exactly. Like, yeah, like the fact he was with her. My I was wife just and like, now she's gone. The devastation. Like your wife is here. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I was just like, sad. <laughs> They just all have to hug and pretend to be okay for these babies that are all traumatized. I was like, oh, it's like the mom in Japan saying she's just having to be like, cool, like, okay for the whole yeah, time, just with that. despite the fact that like the world is imploding. But I have a section, I wrote things uh, specifically about tsunamis. I'm going to put my glasses on so I can read. Um, and it's basically the theme of my section is the ocean is a terrifying water void that wants to murder us. Uh, like the depths of space, it's filled with 
awful things that we've never seen before and can't understand. Uh, but <laughs> what is a tsunami? Tsunamis are giant waves caused by earthquakes or volcanic eruptions under the sea. Out in the depths of the ocean, tsunami waves do not dramatically increase in height, but as ocean waves travel inland, they build up higher and higher heights as the depth of the ocean decreases. The speed of the tsunami wave de depends on the ocean's depth rather than the distance from the source of the wave, and the tsunami waves may travel as fast as jet planes mm. over deep waters, only to slow down when they reach shallow waters. While tsunamis are often referred to as tidal waves, the name is discouraged by oceanographers because tides have little to do with these giant waves. No, I was just like, know. yeah, yeah. It has, uh, it has everything to do with earth shake murder and nothing to do with tide. Uh, <laughs> so what do you, what do you do if you find yourself in a tsunami time? Uh, the Red Cross has some resources on what to do before, after, or before, during, and after. Um, so the baseline instructions are move to higher ground, stay away from the coast, tidal, Estuaries, estuaries rivers thank you yes rivers and streams if a, at sea stay there until all is clear is issued be aware of secondary hazards such as landslides flooding and mud flows um there's some indicators of what you should do before uh basically contact the people that be to figure out what your risk is uh, and what like the evacuation and alerting system is in your community. Know the sound of that alert and make sure that your family and yourself are familiar um, and basically stay up to date on coast to coast to coast information from the government. Uh, so a big factor in this is you have to trust your government to give you this yeah. information. Cause it's like, we're not all oceanographers. We're not all geologists. Like we don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what a tsunami feels like by the ground. Like, you know I mean? yeah. like I can't just sense it like birds do. Um, so you really have to trust your government. And that can be problematic depending on what your government is. Yeah. Um, there's also different ways that you can be warned of tsunamis. So there's a tsunami warning, which means a tsunami may be generated and could be close to your area. A full evacuation is suggested to tsunami watch which means a tsunami has not yet been verified but could exist and maybe as little as an hour away <laughs> that's so scary i know um so basically the biggest thing to do before is make a plan know your tsunami plan make sure your family knows your tsunami plan and then when it is necessary activate your tsunami plan hmm. um it also goes back to that whole earthquake drop cover hold that we talked about last week um but basically if there's an earthquake lasting 20 seconds or more near the coast that is a good sign the tsunami may happen a notice noticeable rapid rise or fall of coastal waters coastal water making unusual noise it's terrifying what is the water making what sounds what sounds is it making why why is that something <laughs> Uh, if the sound sounds like an approaching train, plane, or whistling, tsunami. Jesus. Uh, I think of earthquakes more so as like this warning that stuff's about to be bad. So I consider a tsunami the act of kicking someone while they're already down. Because you've already had to deal with this big earthquake time, devastation, disaster. And then now you're just like, Oh, okay. 
now we have to also deal with giant wave murder. This is not what I thought my day was going to look like. Um, basically, for after, you should really look out for aftershocks that could generate after a tsunami. Return home after local officials tell you say it's safe if you have a home still. Tsunami can continue for hours, which is something I'm learning today and did not know previously. It could be a series of waves that could continue for hours. Do not assume that after one wave, the danger is over. The next wave may be bigger than the first Ooh, one. Good. Isn't it? Be aware of secondary effects, contaminated water, mud flows, damaged bridges, uh, buildings and roads and other hazards. One thing that I think of, if you add water plus electrical poles and stuff like that, if you have mm -hmm. a downed electric pole, electric plus water equals bad time. Don't go near it. Um, stay out of building that has water in it because it can cause walls to crash, collapse, etc., and yeah, place a help sign in your window if you need assistance. That's also something that they list. So why is this terrifying other than the obvious things that really stick out to me? And how likely is it that it could happen? I found this really terrifying website that warns you and helps you keep track of tsunamis called tsunami.gov. Um, and you can really just find out where the tsunamis are going to be in your immediate area. Luckily, we're cool here, but like other places like California is more at risk for tsunamis. Japan, obviously, uh, other places located on the Ring of Fire because they're more likely to be susceptible to earthquakes. Um, but a piece of what makes tsunamis so terrifying for me is the act of like the lack of consent that goes into play <laughs> with a tsunami. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> how dare Mother Nature just like. <laughs> Come on up in here, not giving us any words. Yeah, you know, it just throws whether or not you want water in your situation to the wind. And it's just like, do <laughs> you have to deal with this now? And that's just like, one, I feel this way about rain. I feel this way about the ocean. I don't like to have water on me when I am not expecting water to exist. Um, so I just think it's really rude. And I understand that the earth was here first, but that's like terrifying. Um, it's also like a big factor if you don't trust your government. Like they are literally the people who are responsible for making sure you're fine. Like in this scenario, because time is such a factor that if you do not have enough time, that will be the deciding factor on if you survive this natural disaster or not. If you do not have enough time to initiate your earthquake or tsunami plan like yeah that's it you're you're on that bus in the movie and you got two feet because like you were waiting for people which is good you should be waiting but like there isn't time to be waiting at the same time um yeah and look what so, happened to them yeah it is like really sad um so i read some like really horrifying scenarios down that i thought were really funny that i'm gonna share with y'all this is how I always imagine like it would be for myself personally. Like, are you at the beach chilling with your friends and family? Does the wave look like it's getting bigger and bigger in the distance? Has all the water receded from the coastline? Or are you like bringing groceries to your car and you open the door and notice a giant wall of water where water should not be? I'm just asking you to imagine. That. <laughs> no. 
Like you were at the store doing your regular, regular stuff. You're not next to the, and you're just like, why is water no. now inside the store? And there's also sharks. Okay, so I did and research. And that's how you get bait 3D. <laughs> I'm just saying, I did look up if it was possible for sharks to like be all up in the space. So like yeah. once, the, once the water is like where it should not be yeah. with water creatures they, swimming it around comes and it with being them. like, this is not my house and I'm mad about it. Like, why are you here? I don't yeah. understand. I was in the ocean chilling. Now I'm where all these like cars and like gross water and like chemicals are and I'm mad and you're here yeah. too so I'm gonna eat you but I looked yeah. it up there was like a whole article about it um that was definitely written by like teenagers and it was my yeah. favorite thing but it argued that if given the right circumstances if a wave were to cross over a school of sharks and oh god sharks could in that instance be swept up into the tsunami and put like they'd probably die but if they didn't die they could be all up on land eating people mm -hmm. well it's like said this, crawl so i don't know crawl yes. felt kind of real because it was like the hurricane it's florida we got gators and we got crocodiles only area where there's both and the water's <laughs> bringing them up in near another inside your house yeah they're inside your house you have to fight a Gator now, crocodile. I don't remember which one it was in there. I'm not going to front. I would just be like, I'm those. dead now. It's okay. I lived a good life. But that's not going to be the thing that kills me. It'll be my choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. So uh, that whole bit was mostly a joke. This is like, this is something that has so affected people and is very yeah. scary. It is. Um, <laughs> like genuinely yeah. terrifying. Um, yeah. But there's also indicators of water, like things underwater in the climate that will kind of indicate whether or not earthquake or tsunami is incoming as well. And also the tsunamis radically like influence the ocean. Like they impact basic like ecosystems that are underwater. Yeah. Um, that, moving stuff around. Yeah, because it's, it's moving stuff around to places Shaking that they're it. not supposed to be. Um, so I found an article from 2019 titled Japan tsunami fears grow after sightings of deep sea dwelling oarfish, which I know from Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Yes. Uh, but it's written by Harry Cockburn goes through the migration of oarfish that traditionally are only found deeper in the ocean. Oarfish are relatively rare and they live between 200 meters and a thousand meters below the surface so that's 650 feet or 3200 feet uh while there's no direct correlation between the spotting of oarfish and tsunamis this theory became popular following the 2011 earthquake uh in japan as oarfish were being caught then as well so it's kind of like why are fish that are from so far below the water suddenly yeah, all of a sudden here up like they're up and able to be <laughs> yeah. caught by people hanging out yeah. <laughs> animal crossing explain yeah. it yeah um, so there's a Satoshi Kusama of Uozo Aquarium said finding several in a row is said to be a forerunner of an earthquake or be influenced by the ocean temperatures, but research is scarce and we don't know the cause. Uh, but it is fair to say that something's happening in the ocean, be it climate change, be it 
underwater like explosions or earthquakes that are influencing these fish to migrate to a space that they usually aren't. Um, it could be similar to how animals react uh, on land when disasters are incoming. For example, like when birds are seen flocking away from an area that is like mm. about to experience something natural disaster or horrific. You always um, know so, when they're like, yeah, and it like could be an indicator. <laughs> yeah, that something like under the water is happening that's going to influence what's happening on land. Um, so while there's a, like any scientific confirmations that that is 100% a fact, uh, it is something that they've noticed from previous tsunamis and earthquakes that could be an indicator. Um, but in addition to being in indicators of underwater change, the organisms are swept away in a tsunami can impact ecosystems that exist underwater. Um Following the 2011 one, there was a lot of like microorganisms, microorganisms and like kinds of fish that swooped all the way over to the Pacific Ocean. Um, mm. And it was like a whole thing. Like people were like, wow, this is from Japan. <laughs> like, why yeah. is it over here? Um, but it can also move invasive species into an area that it hadn't been previously. So it can destroy seagrass and other home structures for fish and wildlife that impact the local ecosystems negatively. And it can also like impact fishery, like people who fish for their living. Like uh, mm -hmm. it'll affect the fish that are in that area or it can negatively impact uh, people who sell fish because it'll affect what kind of fish they're able to find. Um, and it also the coral reef plays a part in this as well because it's actually a natural buffer for tsunamis. It's a natural breakwater for tsunamis. Uh, and aside from the fact that they're also like homes to many species of fish and other marine animals, it's like mm -hmm. a big deal that the coral reef is in such a rough way because like it does. Change. Yeah. Cause climate change is doing that because Pollution. it acted as a natural like breakwater for tsunamis, something that could stop it from hitting land. Um, tsunamis damage it, but like it also would come to land if it doesn't have anything to stop it. I also read some things about how Japan built like walls as a way to like break, act as a breakwater so that it would make it so if a tsunami did hit, it would not impact as high. Um, but the height of the waves keeps increasing and it makes it harder and harder to prepare for such things because it's still able to like impact if that makes sense yeah so it goes over yeah um obviously not doing as much damage as it would have if it didn't exist but still doing an extensive amount of damage and if you think specifically like the fact that on our last episode we talked about in 30 years japan is likely to receive a very large earthquake and subsequently a very large tsunami that mm -hmm. like 30 years is how long they have to prepare for such a thing and it's like yeah. how much can they do to prevent or prepare against it similar to like we saw in the movie the wave like what are the precautions that you can take like are there things that that little cove of like that little place can do to prevent against if a giant wave does happen like can they build something that builds like a wall up that stops the water. I don't know. But yeah. uh, there has to be like some way to at least like increase the chance of survival. Because if it is everyone get in your car and try to drive away, that's no. You have to do that highways. sooner rather than We've later. Seen traffic. Like it's not, yeah. you're not going to get out in time. Like in the wave, they had to get out of their cars and just run because it was taking too long to get it's the faster. cars up the hill. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's very scary. 
I am so definitely afraid of wave murder that I've actively Googled multiple times if it is possible to happen where I live currently. Uh, it's not, I, not really, uh, but still. Yeah. Always, you have to know, man. You know, that's, and that's a part of it, too, is like you should know where you are and what natural disasters can happen so you're aware of like what is that's something just to consider when you're moving anytime yeah like especially yeah, if you're a transplant place. like to a different location like you need to know those things because people who live there are going to know those things generally because they're like used to having to accommodate their lives around those instances where like you don't want to be out of luck like essentially it's been like no idea. Yeah. I'm at the grocery store putting bags in my car. That's like my nightmare. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, the grocery store and there's sharks in it? No, just like... 3D. <laughs> no, not 3D sharks. Oh, well, sharks, yes. I've seen... I'm just terrified of the ocean, man. And I shouldn't mm -hmm. be, but I am. Like, I am so... I hate it. I just don't want to know what's down there, but I do. And I guess, like, how trypophobia keeps you up at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I store all those images in my head to review. What's underwater, like deep, deep. Yeah. Is what does that for me. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, there's like people are affecting it, which is why they're getting worse. Because we're, you know, we don't take care of our environment. And so yeah. we're, you know, contributing to the problem. Maybe we just need to hire like a bunch of beavers. And then... They make it, they make a, they're so smart. They'll do it. They're smart, smart little guys. We're just like, <laughs> use our scientific knowledge that these people are acquiring and like prepare for such things. Or like, yeah, believe them. <laughs> believe yeah. the people are doing the research. And yeah, just like actually try to take care of this planet and not just like say F it because capitalism is here. Like, mm -hmm. Nine, like, I'm stating percentages that aren't real, but I'm like a large percentage of why we hurt the planet so much is capitalism, just because it's more more yeah. profitable to do so, uh, mm -hmm. and we're gonna face the consequences, and it's not gonna probably hurt the people who have those billions of dollars. It's gonna hurt people who can't, like, who live in these places and don't have the resources to defend against these things because the government just straight up don't care. Yeah, it, it reminds me, and I'll try to find the clip, but where um, Micah showed me a clip of some kind of show where they were arguing about, the, I want to say Ben Shapiro, one of one of those, but it was some, one of them that was like, and I'll find, I'll try to find the link. So let's say, let's say for the sake of argument, that all of the water levels around the world rise by, by let's say five feet over the next hundred years, say 10 feet by the next hundred years, and it puts all the low-lying areas on the coast underwater. Right, which let's say all of that happens. You think that people aren't going to just sell their homes and move? Just one small problem. Sell their houses to who, Ben? King Aquaman? Who's gonna buy houses that are underwater? Like, what are you doing? So it is this like, you know, like we need to, Yes, you want to live there because it's beautiful. You know, like, I think what in that article from last week last week was uh, about Greece. Like, it's Greece is beautiful. And, you know, it's, it's got 
great scenery, but it's like we also have to be safe. And there's also acknowledging that like sometimes it's not a choice that people are living there. That's the only place they can live and we don't have things in place to allow them to, you know, adapt and adjust according to what the dangers are. Yeah, that's a big thing. It's like you sometimes people can't just leave. Like it's the whole haunted house thing, too. Like you can't just leave the house sometimes. Sometimes you don't have the money to do so. Sometimes you don't have the resources to do so. Um, And also like for a lot of places, like that's like history. Like they have history and it's their home. And just because they don't have like. They shouldn't maybe have to leave. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And if we could just like protect it and like take things seriously, then it would be good. You know, um, don't gaslight scientists. <laughs> Tell them they're overreacting when it's like their job to know. Um, I like already know there's some sort of like big disaster that's going to happen. And scientists been warning people about it. I like, I don't know. I just feel like that's real. There's enough movies about it. There's enough evidence mm-hmm. of how humanity and governments react to knowledge from scientists to prove to me that there probably is something that already exists and they know about it and they've been trying to get people's attention and tell people about it and no one's listening. Conspiracy time. It's not conspiracy. It's pretty accurate. Um, But yeah, so that was our episode on tsunamis. I hope you learned stuff about them. If you live in an area that has imminent tsunami warning, uh, then let us know what your tsunami preparedness plan is. I think it'd be helpful to know yeah. in case we do visit um if you've watched the impossible you can tell us if you liked it or not if you care about the point of view that stories take you know place in uh and also check out the wave if you again don't be you know afraid of little subtitles so yeah it was, it was pretty fun. cool it was pretty cool um and it's really beautiful it is very beautiful i've always wanted to visit uh norway anyway and now i want to even more even though there's like I found out I'm 2% Norwegian, so I should also learn about it. Excellent. Um, Yeah, so next week we're going to be talking about more natural disasters. Make sure that you're subscribed so you can get an update when we do that. Drop us a comment. Let us know if you've experienced a natural disaster. That'd be cool. Um, (laughs) Or not cool, but like it'd be cool to hear from you. Not cool yeah, that I got happens. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with that being said, uh, don't get married. Don't leave your kids. kids. Or the ocean. Or you'll leave your kid. The, the ocean will eat your kids. Or the sharks in the grocery store will eat your kids. Okay. No. Do you? You can't. <laughs> you can't be here. You're right in the light. All I see is cat shadow on me. And I have to cover your bed because. Move <laughs> your butt! Go! Yeah, Gabe is in darkness. Jeez Louise, you know? Um, Charlie, I have 